This is Broken Pledge, a special project of the Columbus Dispatch. It is a story about fraternity hazing and the life and death of Colin Wyant, an 18-year-old student at Ohio University. I am Sheridan Hendricks. As you listen to this special project, please consider supporting investigative journalism like this by visiting dispatch.com slash subscribe. I believe in Sigma Pi, a fellowship of kindred minds, united in brotherhood to advance truth and justice, to promote scholarship, to encourage chivalry, to diffuse culture, and to develop character in the service of God and man. And I will strive to make real the fraternity's ideals in my own daily life. That is the creed of Sigma Pi. Truth. Justice, scholarship, chivalry, brotherhood. These are the pillars of nearly every fraternity in the country. Fraternities have promised brotherhood an unbreakable bond since their earliest days. But in order to enter that realm, there's a process. Students often begin the process of joining a fraternity by talking to friends, going to events hosted by the frat. Then there's rush week where students must market themselves and initiate a kind of courtship with strangers. Rushing is a competition among a sect of the student body that wants to join Greek life. You have to stand out. It can be a rewarding experience, but it can also force young adults to be something they're not in order for acceptance. After rush, students hope for bids or invitations to join from Greek organizations. Once a candidate receives a bid, they pledge loyalty to one fraternity or sorority. That includes promising not to share sacred secrets and moments that are passed down to each class. Pledges are not allowed to talk about hazing or rituals they experience. Sharing those things can result in removal from the fraternity and a blackballing by members. Sigma Pi is known nationally for its fun-loving reputation. It is one of the largest fraternities in the country. Its reputation at Ohio University depends on who you asked. Some students thought it was an honor to be invited to Sigma Pi parties. Some warned each other about the group. Sigma Pi, as it was, had been a fraternity on campus since 2009. It recolonized or restarted a chapter at Ohio University that had been dormant for about 25 years, according to records published in the Post, the student newspaper. There were scant documented reports of alarming behavior, Most notable was in 2014, when Sigma Pi was put on probation by the university after someone reported seeing young men nearly nude and blindfolded in front of the fraternity house for lengthy periods of time. Colin Wyant cherished brotherhood. It was one of the pillars of his life. So it wasn't a shock to anyone when he decided to rush. He actually gave me a phone call. Like, he was in his dorm with his roommate, and he called me, and he just told me, he's like, hey, I made a decision, like, I'm gonna, that frat I was telling you about, I'm gonna rush, like, I'm gonna try and go into that fraternity. He's like, I'm not really looking at other fraternities, but, yeah, he called me the night he met the dudes. He said they were great guys, and so I was like, okay. Colin was so excited when the Sigma Pi brothers offered him a bid. He texted his parents right away. He was just rushing, so it wasn't until the final night when it was Sigma Pi. 
So um, he sent us a text that that's the fraternity he chose, and you know we texted him back, congratulations, that's so awesome, we were so excited for him. Nearly all of the 59 active Sigma Pi brothers and Colin meshed pretty well. They made him pledge class president. That meant he was a standout among the group of 11 pledges. That also meant he was responsible for organizing the pledges. He made sure they performed the tasks, such as cleaning up and running to get food to satisfy the active Sigma Pi brothers. If there was an issue, Colin had to be there. His friends and dorm roommates said this kept Colin busy, often until 2 or 3 in the morning. And as the pledging process ramped up, the less they saw of Colin. Most of the significant moments of Colin Wyant's brief collegiate career were at the Sigma Pi's off-campus fraternity house at 45 Mill Street, near the heart of Athens. It's a stately white, two-story house split into two multi-occupant apartments. Some might call them duplexes. Many students knew the place as among the most infamous house near campus. Epic parties, a social scene that rivaled those of the most popular college movies. Bedsheet banners inscribed with crass declarations, like we can't stick our fist in your personality, often wave from the spacious front porch during move-in week. Dr. Jenny Hall-Jones, Ohio University's Dean of Students, said she was aware of 45 Mill Street, but not that it housed Sigma Pi. I was aware that this house was problematic um, because it was a house that um, had had welcome banners uh, before students come back that you Mm -hmm. sometimes see on Mm -hmm. college campuses. And so this house a couple of years in a row had had some of these banners. And so I knew that in general, that this was a house that people did not feel great about. Um, But it wasn't until after Colin's death that I realized it was a Sigma Pi annex. Like, I didn't know that at the time. Anyone casually driving by the house might have seen it as both unkempt and unassuming. But there was something amiss. The most alarming element to a keen observer was that the house did not have Sigma Pi's letters hanging on the front. That was a big deal to Kathleen and Wade, that the letters were missing. Both of them were involved in Greek life at OU. They know that the letters are a big deal to these organizations. They asked Colin about that after one of their campus visits. I said to, to Colin, I said, hey, real quick, um, why are there no letters on the house? Right. right. This is the thing that makes me sick to my stomach. I, I feel like there weren't many red flags for us. There really weren't. Like, this came out, that was, should, that, he said, I wish I could freeze was, time at I, that moment. Because I don't know. And I said, really? And he goes, no, should there be? Uh, you know, and I said, no, you, this is your house. You have your letters out. Everybody has their letters out. And he goes, I'm going to, I'm going to ask about that. He told them that the men of Sigma Pi were great people, a brotherhood he wanted to be a part of. It was mid-September and Aiden and his dad, Wade, were going to see Colin. I was so excited. Just like one, it was like the first time like seeing my brother, which never gone that far without seeing him. And so I was just like so excited to see him and like so happy and just like thinking about how much fun we were about to have because I love going down to OU and like especially with my brother and stuff like that. Aiden couldn't wait to see his brother. The campus, the girls, what college freedom looks like. Before that though, Wade had other plans. He had a mini tour planned for Aiden. You see, Aiden was a junior at St. Charles Preparatory School, the same school Colin had attended. And Aiden already told everyone that he planned to follow Colin to OU as well. 
It just seemed right. So Wade took him to the Pike frat house. That was Wade's fraternity house when he went to OU in the 1980s. It was a special place for Wade. Well, you ask Kathleen or ask any of my kids, I always say Athens is my second home. And I love rolling into town. I just feel, it feels great. Because everything I had that happened to me there was so positive. Then they went to Kathleen's Alpha Gamma Delta sorority house. Kathleen had had the same good experiences and fond memories of OU. Greek life was part of that. But you know, my experience at OU was so amazing. For decades, I have told people that I feel like I had a dreamy college experience, because I did. I felt like OU was such a great school. It's a beautiful campus. It was the perfect size. The first time Wade and Kathleen made a trip to see Colin on campus was Parents Weekend. It was the last weekend of September. They had rented an Airbnb along the Hawking River, just minutes from campus. Everyone was excited, even Colin. When they pulled up to his dorm, he came rushing at them. But that was the last time Wade or Kathleen got a good vibe the entire weekend. They took Colin to a local brewery and restaurant, an OU staple called Jackie O's. Colin was distracted throughout the entire dinner, always on his phone, responding to texts. Colin had heavy eyes and little spirit for a kid who was so excited for college life. He said he hadn't gotten much sleep either, maybe three hours in the last few days. He and the other pledges had been cleaning the Sigma Pi house well into the early hours the day Kathleen and Wade arrived. The group left Jackie O's and made their way toward Court Street. Court Street is the heartbeat of OU's campus. It's lined with bars, restaurants, campus bookstores, and unique shops that sell everything from patchouli oil to ukuleles. They went to a few other bars that allowed underage students in as long as they were with their parents. They went to a local bar called Tony's, one of Wade and Kathleen's favorite spots. Wade wanted to go to J-Bar and meet some of Colin's potential brothers. Colin had previously told his dad that some of the Sigma Pi guys worked at a few of the most popular bars on campus, J-Bar and Crystal. Sigma Pi president Elijah Wahib worked at J-Bar. He often worked the door, checking IDs to make sure people were old enough to get in. Elijah and Colin had some common bonds. Both went to well-known Catholic preparatory schools. Both were athletes. Elijah went to St. Ignatius in Cleveland and was a standout running back on the football team. Elijah liked Colin and called him a leader. They hung out a lot in the two months they'd gotten to know each other. Just how close the two men were is unknown. Elijah did not respond to messages left by the dispatch seeking comment. But meeting Elijah interested the Wyants, so they headed to J-Bar. But Colin stopped them as they got close. And I said, you talk about J-Bar a lot. I want to meet some of these guys in the fraternity. We should go to J-Bar. And this was an interesting moment. We walked up to the corner. We had left Tony's and we were around the corner. And he said, can you guys stay right here? Just, just, just stay right here. And let me just see if it's cool for us to go into to J-Bar. I go, what are you talking about cool? I said, it's parents weekend, right? He, he left and he went up to the bar and he talked to whoever was bouncing. Now I would have to assume it was Eli, right? And he came back and he said, well, you know, hey, it's cool. We can go in if you guys want to. And I, I just, the vibe, yeah. We, we didn't, we didn't. And oh. the vibe was just kind of like we were, well, 
Well, it sounds like it. It sounds like it. There's some kind of tension there, you know. And was I, it that there was a long line? Well, there was a, there was a, a, a bit of a line, but he, it was almost like he was asking permission as to whether he could go. Kathleen and Wade sensed that the brothers of Sigma Pi had significant clout over much of the bar scene on Court Street. It felt like you weren't welcome there unless you were cool with the brothers. So instead, they kept walking toward 45 Mill Street, just around the corner from Court Street. Between 15 and 20 fraternity members live at the house. They asked to go inside, but again, Colin seemed hesitant. I don't know if he actually looked at his text or whatever, but he was looking at his phone distracted all night long getting texts. So we walk over there. And I said, well, okay, well, we want to see this anyway. You know, I said, I remember it as the, you know, whatever house. Um, let's walk over there, you know. And we walked there and we got, got over there. And I can't remember. Did we ask if, did we, did we ask him? Did we say, hey, we, can we come in? Yeah. And, and he, and he was, he was like, no, I don't know. You guys, no, it's not a good idea whatever. And something like that. You know, they're guys, everyone's hanging out, and they're not doing the whole parents' weekend thing or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Because we'd ask, like, what activities does your fraternity have for parents' weekend? Because that's, you know, our first son, we were Greek at OU, and we had parents' weekend, best weekends of our life. Our parents came down, and our fraternities and sororities had these great events for our parents, brunches and teas, and it was fantastic. Mm -hmm. So we were like, when our first son went to OU, we didn't have any of that, right? We went to house parties, and the bars with them, but none of the formal events, right? So with Colin being Greek, we were really excited, like, oh, his fraternity will put on these events for parents weekend and that'll be a blast we'll meet the other parents you know and um, he's like yeah they're not, they're not really doing that and I asked him why he's like ah they're just not doing it he's like maybe I'll start that I'm like yeah you really should like right. get stuff together for dad's weekend and mom's weekend this year like be a leader and do that because those are great opportunities for your friends parents to all meet and connect the whole visit wasn't going well Kathleen and Wade had hoped to rekindle their glory days on campus in the late 80s and soak it in with their son at a place they all loved. But none of that was happening. So when Colin asked to call it a night because he was tired, his parents said okay. They drove back to their Riverside cottage where they were staying, disappointed and concerned. The rest of parents' weekend was no different. The next morning, before they left to go home, Wade gave Colin a lecture as they waited for breakfast bagels on Court Street. Wade had been checking in on Colin's academics through OU's online parents portal. He could see Colin wasn't going to some classes. His grades were below the AB average he kept in high school. Wade told Colin that, above all, academics came first. It was the first time they ever had to have that talk. You know, we, we sat down, we were having breakfast, and, and um, you know, we, we said, look, hey, Colin, I want to share with you something that... Mom and I feel just really uneasy about the whole night, you know, um, aside from the fact that you were kind of distracted and, and this, you know, and everything, you know, there's no letters on the house. You don't know why. I mean, you know, you're, you're, you're not getting a lot of sleep. You're doing a lot of these tasks, you know, I'm watching your grades because I've got access to your grades and you're slipping, you're missing some assignments. It's not like you. You know, what's going on? He assured us that everything was fine. And some of that seemed to land with Colin, but he was just distracted. He wasn't being transparent with Wade, almost cagey. 
he had changed. So, you know, he and I butted heads a little bit about that, you know. Um, he said, you understand, I've got to, you know, do this stuff the fraternity. But I remember saying something like, are you, are you justifying the fact that you're not going to school? You know, we're paying for you to go to school. Are you justifying the fact that you're not, you're missing classes and missing some assignments because your priority is this stuff? And he said, he kind of turned it around and said, well, look, it's it's only going to be a, about a month. He kept saying, it's almost over. I'm it's, almost done with this. It's almost over. It's almost done. They keep, I said, well, when are you going active? Well, they keep telling us. And then he'd say a vague kind of date, two weeks, three weeks, something like that. There was one person Colin had confided in as his college life unfolded. It was his girlfriend, Brindley Zig. They'd been together for two years. They had a strong bond. Brindley said Colin was a great supporter, always honest. He was a pleaser, a great boyfriend. Brindley, like Colin, loved basketball and was one of the top scorers for her high school basketball team. She had just started her freshman year at the University of Dayton, majoring in criminal justice. The two decided to take a break as they entered college, an opportunity to see other people. But Brindley said they always intended on getting back together, moved to Chicago after graduation, eventually settled down back to Columbus, a happy little life they'd planned. Dating or not, the two were still close and texted every day. Brindley, like Colin's parents, had grown concerned because Colin seemed more and more stressed as the school year dragged on. Then, on September 13th, he sent her a text. I'm going to rush the hardest frat. They have the hardest hazing, but I'm going to do it. And I said, oh God, good luck. And then at 1.40 a.m., same night, I texted him, I just got really nervous, so can you text me when you're back at your dorm? He responded, I'm at my friend's dorm right now. You showed me around Sigma Pi. And I said, is that who you want to rush for? And he said, yes. And I said, good. Brindley wished him good luck, but their conversations became more troubling as the days passed. Colin told her he was skipping class. He wasn't doing his schoolwork. Instead, Colin said the Sigma Pi brothers were forcing him to constantly do work for them. Get food. Do their laundry. Make cigarette runs. The pledges had to clean the bars Sigma Pi brothers worked at after they closed. That meant they were up until 2 or 3 in the morning. Sometimes Colin barely slept before a 7.30 a.m. class. And then the hazing grew dangerous. Until I didn't think anything of what they were doing to him until he told me that they gave him cocaine and had him do cocaine. And that's when I was like, we're done. Because my uncle was into cocaine. He died. And I was like, I don't want to be with someone who's self-destructive. I don't want to like hold on to something that virtually won't be there and I like knew somehow that like this was gonna happen and I was like if you really want to be doing that with that he just wanted so badly to be accepted by them and they were forcing him to do so much stuff for him Brindley was stunned she cried for hours and then I told him and I was like we're done like I wanted this to be mutual but like it's not like I can't be with someone who's self-destructive the two didn't speak for weeks. Colin didn't text her or call on Brindley's birthday in October.
The first weekend in October, the Sigma Pi brothers scooped up Colin for the fraternity's formal trip to Gatlinburg, Tennessee. The charming town is tucked between the Smoky Mountains, and the leaves were bursting with their fall colors. Fraternities and sororities flock to the town every year for weekend trips. To many, it's known as Fratlinburg. This was a special moment. Just a few pledges were invited. It meant to Colin that he was well-liked. He stood out among the pledges. He belonged. It had been a honeymoon period for the 2018 pledge class of Sigma Pi. But it turned dark for Colin that weekend. He was hit hard with belts. His pledge brothers punched him. They left welts and bruises. There was binge drinking. Lots of vodka. Cocaine and Adderall. Colin sent texts, some of them incoherent, to the one person he felt comfortable confiding in. Brinley. We didn't talk a lot in October at all. He didn't text me happy birthday because he was at that lake house or mountain house with his frat where he did text me that they punched the out of him and gave him Adderall and I think cocaine and a lot of alcohol, moonshine, and were punching him. He was like, I'm bruised. And I was like, that's wonderful. Best birthday present ever. Colin would later tell his brother Aiden it was the first time he was scared. It was too much. He cried. Back on campus, the rumors about what happened on the trip circulated among the brothers. But things turned for Colin. A kid who cherished brotherhood and sought it out thought he had found his home. He thought he had found more brothers and a bond that was close to what he had with his actual brother, Aiden. But this was torture. He had never been brutalized like that before and the drugs left him hazy and adrift. He told me, he's like, that his frat was like into drugs and everything, and I don't stand by that, so I literally started walking up the stairs back to go upstairs, because I was like, I'm not, I told him, I was like, I don't want to talk to you about that. I told him, like, I don't stand by you doing that whatsoever. And then that's when he like, ran up the stairs and grabbed me by the arm, and he's like, no, 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 like, you need to listen. Like, I'm not doing this by my decision. He told me like one night that he was studying for a math test, and this was after the fact. He cleaned the entire house at the fraternity house, and he got back at like two. My math test is at like 8 a.m., and I pretty much got to study now. Like, and he said like about 45 minutes in, all of a sudden he gets this knocking on his door, and these dudes come in, and it's the frat dudes, and they make him take, like I don't know how much, but they made him sit down and snort cocaine. And I told him that like, you know, he like has to do this for like his grades and everything. So they made him like take cocaine, and, and then he had his math test the next day. On the next episode of Broken Pledge, Colin's life starts to unravel. He is accused of sexual assault by another student. His friends confront him about using drugs. And then, a heartbreaking agreement with his brother. If you want to learn more about Colin, see family photos and photos of Sigma Pi's Ohio University chapter, please visit dispatch.com slash broken pledge. Until next time, I am Sheridan Hendricks. Thank <laughs> you.